The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop, kind of. I'm Charlie Clawson. Uh, we're doing a bit of a different episode this week. Some stuff's come up, we weren't able to record. So we're going to do a little clip show, but we also thought, why don't we use this clip show to promote our YouTube channel? Because if you're not aware, every week we put up clips from the show, highlights from the show, the best bits, only the best bits onto YouTube. That's Tofop TV at YouTube. Uh, and we want more people to watch them because the downloads have been... Okay, but we'd like more. Uh, and of course, if you want full episodes, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash But these are the freebies. These are the things you can watch now and send to your friends. Um, so we just thought what we'd do is just play some highlights from the show, which you can then also go to YouTube and check out the video of. So you get the audio experience first and then have the audio visual experience. Um, so these are some highlights that uh, Podcast Mike has selected and he's very he's got very good taste i think you won't be upset with these uh but i'll stop this annoying uh intro and just stop with the padding and get to the actual show so the first clip is uh going to be my charlie's fight with a kid in the playground and just a little bit of background on this if you haven't seen the clip or you haven't heard the episode yet i uh live in fear that when i take iona to the park that i'm going to get into some kind of confrontation with a child not like I'm going to go there looking for a fight, but just be involved in some Larry David-esque situation where you find yourself in a heated argument or even a physical altercation with a child. And uh, something like that happened in this next clip. Charlie fights with a kid in the playground. Uh, Now, Will, we've been circling around um, uh, the mundane-ish aspects of my life. And we had a listener write in uh, saying I should write a Larry David-esque sitcom about my life. Um, and I ventured a story about taking Iona to the playground and, mm. and you know, uh, the issues that come up with that, like, you know, playing on swings when there's kids around. And I have this, I'm always nervous that I'm going to get into some kind of altercation with a kid and have a Larry David moment. Well, it finally happened. <laughs> Everyone will be glad to know that uh, yesterday I got into an argument with a kid. <laughs> Good. Great. At the playground. Great, it's love not a very it. long story, but I feel we can break it down, yeah. the minutiae of it. So Iona has this thing at the moment. It's a little game she plays. I don't know where it came from or the origins of it or, or what it's about, but she plays a game called Night Night where she would just randomly say to you, Night Night, and she'll just lie down on the ground. If there's a, a blanket or something she can pull over herself available, she'll pull the blanket over herself. She'll close her eyes. She'll pretend to sleep for about 15 seconds and then she'll say, Morning, and she'll get up and she'll stretch and then she'll make you breakfast and hand you some breakfast. And so she just repeats that. Sometimes it can take an hour of just like goes to sleep, morning, makes you breakfast, feeds you something. The variation on what she feeds you is sometimes it's delicious and sometimes it's disgusting, but she won't tell you. So she'll feed you something and you eat it and you, you'll go, mmm, and she'll like, bah, poop, 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 and you'll be like, oh no, that's disgusting. <laughs> poop, poop. Or sometimes you'll spit it out and she'll get annoyed because it's meant to be delicious, but you don't know. You don't know what you're eating. <laughs> 
It's a lot of pressure. I mean, she's got the absolute temperament of a chef. Yes. Like she's nailed that. She's instinctively <laughs> zoned right into chef zone, which is just to confuse the shit out of you and be angry regardless. So um, we were at the playground uh, uh, and they there's this big you know tunnel that runs under the sort of the, mm. the jungle gym, big plastic tunnel. And Iona likes to go in there and she plays night-night. So I'll just sit on the grass while she goes in there and she'll go night-night and she'll like pretend to fall asleep in the tunnel and then she'll wake up and we yeah. do the whole thing. She brings me food. This is a very so, cute way of you telling everybody that your daughter is now sleeping in a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I left her there tonight. She seemed fine. She's, she's made night. friends with these four turtles <laughs> and they're going to look after her. Uh, so she's in the tunnel and it was quite a... a not a busy day, but I'd say, I'd say like it wasn't a hundred percent packed. It was about a seventy-five percent. So you know, there's a lot of kids running around everywhere and stuff. And I have a bit of an issue with bigger kids at playgrounds because I think there's a cutoff, right? Like, like how big? Equipment. Huh? How big? Like, what's the cutoff? I think eight. If you're if you're eight and above, you got to go fine because the equipment is not built for you the slides you're too big for the slides the the stairs are too big you just you're just taking up space that little toddlers need to be able to get around on not all play equipment some playgrounds are built for kids of all ages but this particular playground it's not built for big kids also mate you're eight like have yeah. you not heard of Fortnite? get a exactly. headset get online with your friends yeah. not heard of red tube what are you talking about uh, <laughs> hey bloody hell hey Get off the uh, swings. I'll show you something on my phone. <laughs> so there's this kid, um, sort of blustery, big, big dorky mm. kid running around. And he's already kind of like, I already was like, ah, oh, this kid's he's too rambunctious for me. The way he's like thumping around and just like, you know, not pu- he wasn't pushing kids aside. He wasn't being intentionally um, physically aggressive. But just by being a big dorky kid, he was just like, you know, making it hard for the toddlers to, to get around. Anyway, so I was keeping half an eye on him. And uh, he jumps down off the, after, you know, stomping around in this jungle gym. He jumps down off the slide and he goes to get in through the tunnel. And Iona's just gone night-night, so she's closing her eyes. And so I said to him, hey, mate, I said, we're just playing a game here. Just give us a second and, you know, she'll get out of your way. He doesn't listen to me. He just starts, like, crawling said, with his big... O- o- okay, boomer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he shouted over his shoulder. So with his big oafish like feet and elbows and knees, he starts crawling over and like, you know, could hit, hit her in the face or whatever like that. I, I doesn't get too upset, but you can see she's a little big, bigger kid, bigger kid. So she sort of gets all like yeah. retreats and stuff. And she's so, like, I'm sleeping here. I'm yeah. sleeping here. <laughs> well, so I say, the, so he gets through and I'm like, hey, mate, I said, sorry. I said, we're just, we're just playing a game. And he's gone. He's looked at me and <laughs> this is exactly the tone. He's gone. Hey, mate. He didn't say mate. He said, hey. The playground's for playing, not for sleeping. <laughs> I mean, he's making a fair point. Oh, my God. I saw red. I was like, hey, buddy, what if we're playing at sleeping? That counts, doesn't it? She's allowed to play at sleeping. And he was mm. like, nah, she can go fall asleep on the swings. <laughs> and so then he runs off and I'm yelling at him <laughs> as he runs off. I'm like, how's she going to sleep on a swing? How's she going to hold the pillow on a swing? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
Oh, I'm sorry. I just listened back to that bit and it was hilarious. As funny as always. Evergreen content, you'd call that. Um, now, this next clip, if you are familiar with the mythology of Tofop, you know that uh, we are obsessed with giant horses and indeed who might be the biggest horse in the world. We know that uh, the horse in, there's a, the biggest horse in Norway whose name escapes me that listener Elias has sent in. Um, but we had a listener send, in, send us some information about another tall horse, perhaps the tallest horse in the world, Phantom, all of seven foot tall. Uh, so um, someone's just delivered a parcel to my door. All right, thank you. Can't tell, you know, recording this. In the, I'm in Tofop HQ. This looks very professional. I'm literally sitting here in my shorts, uh, my, my pajama shorts, and uh, I just have waved off a courier. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. This article is about Phantom, the seven-foot-tall horse. Uh, take it away, Will and Charlie. Okay, so she said there was a huge increase in millennial TikTok accounts from the UK, US, and Melbourne as the pandemic hit. And it's not all about dancers. Uh, for instance, you might like to read this article about Phantom, a seven-foot-tall horse who is very popular on TikTok. In fact, there are lots of horses claiming to be the tallest horse in the world. When I was finding this thing for you, um, another one came up about the Guinness World Record holder who recently passed away, thanks to the last Jessica. So I thought we'd just briefly brush on this story. So as we know, Elias claims to have the biggest horse in all of Norway. But this horse, Phantom, how tall do you reckon Phantom is in feet? Uh, okay. So, um, can you remember how big? No, because Elias Norwegian never, horses aren't even that big. Are no, they? and That's Elias the never so, gave us. Uh, um, so I'm going to say double me. I'm going to say twelve foot tall. Less. Uh, eight foot tall. Less. Six foot tall. More. <laughs> I was going to say, if I'm taller than the biggest horse on TikTok, or as of course horses call it, click clock, um, <laughs> uh, seven foot tall. Seven foot tall. So uh, a phantom is a shiny head stallion who has a cult following, a wink wink. Okay. Um, he's a seven-year-old breed, oh, seven foot tall, seven-year-old breed. If, if uh, the devil is six, then phantom is seven. <laughs> Phantom is a seven-year-old shy breed who lives at the Maryland Rescue Center. He's getting a lot of attention after a TikTok video showcasing his towering seven-foot height brought in more than 11 million views. Although shires are generally a tall breed, Phantom's soaring stature is still unusual as the largest is r- rarely taller than six feet. Well, there you go. You would be taller than most Than most shire, horses. Or most shire breed horses. Most shire horses. Um, we can't take Phantom anywhere without crowds coming to stand next to him to get a picture of the giant horse, says Lauren. Lauren Nation, Director of Development at Gentle Giants Draft Horse Rescue in Mount Airy. <laughs> Such a specific <laughs> rescue. I mean, giant horse rescue. I didn't realize it was that much of an epidemic. Um, many people can't believe there are horses as big as him, unless you listen to Bloody Tofop. Uh, he's only about an inch shorter than Big Jake the world's tallest horse until mm. his death last month at the age of 20, who measured, uh, and he measures in at six feet, 6.75 feet or 20.1 hands at his highest point. Phantom's trainer, Courtney Gamer, said he's the biggest horse she's ever ridden. Here's a little photo. I'll just hold that up. Can you, is it focusing? I mean, it's pretty blurry. Oh, oh. oh no, right, there you go. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, that's a big horse. That's or it big. could be, a, 
Or it could be a little trainer, but that does look like a big horse. Astonished TikTok viewers marveled at Phantom's height with one wondering, how do you get on him? <laughs> I mean, it's a fair question. How does she get on him? And another one noting, it's just amazing to me that some breeds of horses can get this big. This is an article that was in a publication. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, they aren't the most amazing comments that you need to repeat them in a publication. Phantom has lived at the facility since last year when his large size became too much of a challenge for the owners to handle. The non-profit centre specialises in saving draft horses from slaughter, abuse and neglect. According to the site, usually those horses are picked up from auctions right before they'd been sent to slaughterhouses. I like that. Saved from death row. We're the largest draft horse rescue in America. and I've seen numerous giant horses like Phantom, said Nation, who claims she's seen horses five inches taller than him. Seems to me, Will... That when you have a tall horse, you always like to talk about the... It's like a fisherman. There's always a right. bigger horse. It was the biggest horse. You should have been here, mate. It's cold today, but this horse is normally five centimetres bigger. The centre facilitates both adoptions and sponsorships. Uh, they provide medications and special treatments. Well, during the pandemic, that's exactly what you want, right? Bit of now, is that, for the, is that for the horses or just for people visiting the horses? In hot summer months, the horses like Phantom get a cold rinse with a hose and sunscreen applied to their noses. This is a weird article. Volunteers love to bring them special <laughs> treats and Phantom knows who has something very tasty in their pockets before they even enter the field. So what was she alleging? Okay. That he's psychic? That <laughs> Phantom has psychic? I don't think he does, Laura Nation. <laughs> now, after all that horse talk, you probably want some other TOEFOP tropes. Well, I've got the most tropiest of the tropes, which is, of course time travel um in it uh, i read an article from uh, yahoo 7 uh, about a scientist who has claimed to solved to, well not solved he claims to be able to uh create time travel no it's how, how do you say this he claims to know how time travel could be re- he has a theory about time travel um that we break down in this article uh professor ron mallet take it away uh, well, I've brought something in Great. today that uh, is very much in the TOEFOP um, uh, oeuvre of topics we like to discuss. I'll let you guess. What's one of our most off-discussed hypotheticals? Time travel. You brought in a time, time travel. You brought travel. in a time, see- travel, time travel machine. <laughs> yeah, a time a travel DeLorean. machine. And here you come is, here in a yeah. DeLorean. <laughs> it's called tequila. Um no, did you see this article? This was published today on uh, on the Seven News website. Um, the headline is: "I invented a time machine to save my father's life." Oh, okay. I'm curious. Professor Ron Mallet isn't kidding when he says that time travel is real. Mm. Not only is it real, he knows exactly how to do it. I'm suspicious. So, I've read this article. Let me just say they're he overcooking does not it a know little bit. How to do it? <laughs> they bold. They put exactly all in capital letters. And I, okay. having read that, you know, just call your jets a little bit seven. All right. Okay. Um, so hang on. I've just hit an autoplay video. Speaking to sevennews.com.au, Ron said that his interest in time travel began when he was just a boy. He knew an old professor that everyone told him was crazy. <laughs> It's a fashion that was born out of personal tragedy. Ronald Mallet grew up in the Bronx, New York, the oldest of four children to Dorothy and Boyd Mallet. He was incredibly close to his father. For me, the sun rose and set on him 
He spent a lot of time with me. His father, Boyd, was a television repairman, but instilled in young Ron a passion for science and reading. It's a shame that that Boyd Mallet wasn't like a carpenter. I know, <laughs> I agree with you. I was hoping there would be some sort of mallet reference as well. <laughs> I was that that was I was really like, let's go back to the granddad. What did the granddad do? <laughs> no, it's his dad. It was his dad. No, Boyd but I'm, I'm just saying, oh, he, he, oh, like, right. I mean, did, I'm yeah. happy to go back as far as we can to find an original mallet. <laughs> Let's fire up this time machine and find out. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, yeah that's the actual use. <laughs> when Boyd was 33 years old, he died suddenly of a massive heart attack. Now, sorry, the sentence is actually, but when Boyd was just 33 years old, he died suddenly of a massive heart attack. Now, I don't want to sound unkind, hmm. but when you can you be just 33 when your father dies? I mean, depending on... It's the, it's the age. Oh, sorry, I get it. Sorry. The father was 33. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I believe was so. <laughs> Otherwise... I, I misread mean, that. It's quite sad, but you had a good run. Yeah. You're 33. Come on. Um, it left 10-year-old Rob distraught. It completely devastated my life. I went from being a really happy, gregarious kid to becoming depressed. His way of coping was to indulge in those passions of science and reading. About a year after he died, I came across a book that changed my life. It was the classic illustrated version of the H.G. Wells classic, uh, the, the Time Machine. And in it, at the very first page, it says, Scientific people know very well that time is just the kind of, is a kind of space and we can move forward and backward in time just as we can in space. And when I saw those words, it was like a life preserver. I thought if I had a time machine, I could go back to the past and save his life. I think this is a great, like if you were writing a Hollywood film about time travel, this is a perfect wound. This is a great motivation for your character. Instantly, Ron was inspired. He wanted to build a time machine to save his dad from dying. You know what? I feel, no. (laughs) I thought I might be able to put something together that looked like the machine on the cover. And of course, I had bicycle parts and all the television parts of my father's and everything. And of course, it didn't work. (laughs) This is much funnier if we imagine him being 33, not 10. (laughs) (laughs) But that didn't deter Ron. He became obsessed with science. Unable to afford college, Ron enlisted in the army. After serving, he was entitled to a subsidied university degree. He worked hard and after many years earned a PhD in physics specializing in Einstein's theory of relativity. Einstein was become Mallet's second hero after his father. <laughs> and so put- after he saved his father's life, he was going to go back and save Einstein's life. <laughs> There's a, they've included a photo of Albert Einstein yep. in the article and the caption says Albert Einstein. <laughs> Possibly the, one of the most recognisable faces in the world. But, you know, of course. <laughs> it's his theory that really does say there is a real possibility of time travel. Mm. Einstein developed two theories. One was developed in 1905. That was called the special theory of relativity. To put that in a nutshell, what he said that time can be altered by speed. Mallet gives the example of astronauts traversing space in a rocket that's traveling close to the speed of light. Time would pass differently on Earth than it would for the people in the rocket. That would actually come back finding Earth, uh, back, come back finding out that, that, that they're only a few years older, but the decades have passed here on Earth, he says. In other words, it's the interstellar phenomenon. <laughs> I think that's what Einstein called it, the uh, <laughs> interstellar time travel. Uh, so this is very real. Uh, we've seen the baby steps of it. How about 
time travel to your past. Mm. Well, that was something that I was particularly interested in, and it turns out that it cannot happen with Einstein's, Einstein's special theory of relativity. No matter how fast you go, you cannot go back in time. Mm-hmm. So does it mean it's not possible? Well, it turns out that Einstein developed a second theory that allows for the possibility of time travel, not only to the future, but also to the past. It was called his general theory of relativity. And this theory is really a theory of gravity. I mean, here's what I would say about Albert Einstein, though. Like, he undersold the second theory. Because it's yeah. actually a much better theory. But the first one was called the special theory, and this one's just the general theory. This is like a marketing issue. Well, it kind of feels like a B-side. Mm. I feel like general theory is like, uh, that, I've got my hit single. Special's yeah. going to be Special theory. Hit. I'm going to love forever, man. Like, I love special <laughs> theory. I've, I've loved you since special theory. What's this general this is- theory? This is more for the hardcore Einstein heads. What are, you, what, what are Einstein's fans called? The, uh, the Steinies. The Steinies. <laughs> that probably sounds like a cult. The Steiners. Are you a Steiners? Uh, the Einsteins. Yeah. The Albertos. The Birdies. The Ber- Birdie, Birdies Beatles. Birdies Beatles. The Beatles. <laughs> this next clip is from our Halloween episode where, of course, I went on to a subreddit that was all people posting supernatural encounters and supernatural stories. Um, And this one is titled, Will Aliens Be Hot? It was a very pressing issue for the person who posted this on Reddit. And so Will and I discussed the question. The question, Will, and the subject is, will the aliens be hot? Mm. Genuine question. With all the UFO stuff going on, I can't help but question if the aliens are going to be hot. Mm-hmm. Of course, the initial reaction would be no, but it got me thinking. If Earth requirements are the requirements for life everywhere, what are the odds that aliens would have evolved somewhat humanoid and therefore have a chance to be attractive? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know what the answer to this is. But... Um, <sighs> Unlikely, I think, that the the exact same, because we are not perfectly suited to the environment in which we live. No. Like, we have survived this environment because of some aspects of us working together to build, you know, protections and buildings and infrastructure and society and these sort of things that have made us, because we weren't like, you know, we're not top of the food chain if just like one-on-one. I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I'm proud to say it. Just no human being, no matter how good they are at throwing hands, wins in a fight with a lion. Like, it just doesn't work like that, you know? So, would they necessarily look like us, like, or develop like us? I can't imagine that that logically follows. But let's just explore this thought. Okay. That we are visited on Earth by a version of us but just like a more advanced in the future in the same way as people are getting taller and smarter as the generation from from popular culture like are they avatar humanoids are they the sort of greys the the classic big-eyed tall slender greys aliens well i don't think they're like that at all i actually think so say that they're just a couple of generations in front of us okay so look at what like a 50 year old man looked like you know, it, it, in the 1900s versus what a 50-year-old man often looks like, you know, in the year 2020, right? There's yeah. been a significant advance. You'd almost, if you dropped, 
you know, Brad Pitt into the 1900s, he would appear like an alien if he's like, yeah, I'm 50. And they'd be like, you are not fucking 50, 50. (laughs) right? So I imagine, and and we're getting taller and smarter every generation. That's like what happens. So let's just say you go on two, three, four generations from where we are. So we're already going into space now. We go another couple of generations on from now. So we're, we're kind of taller, hotter, younger looking versions of us basically is what we are visited by so a smarter hotter younger looking version of us okay are you saying that actually they are from earth is this kind of like a time travel scenario no no i'm just saying in the evolution of like using this logic that in the evolution of the species they were just around a little bit longer so they've advanced you know more generations that we have but in kind of a similar sort of way i think the more interesting question is if they look nothing like us Mm -hmm. But they arrive and they are sentient and they uh, can communicate with us and, um, you know, they maybe they even integrate with us. Maybe we start with trading, you know, and then maybe some start repopulating here and we start repopulating on their planet. So it's a kind of fairly harmonious exchange. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's going to be some kind of interspecies unions. Like you can't help. Like I think that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And so just say they're like giant cockroaches. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. the Men in Black monster, the Vincent D'Onofrio. So I think there would be some init- initial repulsive, you know, just that instinctive, you look nothing like us, I am repulsed. And then as we got to know them, I think I could see myself falling in love with a giant cockroach. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they, yeah. if they, you know, if you get to know them, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's the, it's all about the personality. You know, you, you start a, a relationship via intergalactic text. Right. It's, Intergalactic Tinder. You just you Yeah, know. well you're not gonna meet yeah each other online. You've just been no. communicating. You get to have a relationship first, and then by the time that you meet each other, you're like, Well, I know that you're beautiful inside, so the fact that I'm about to put my cock into a cockroach isn't <laughs> as repulsive to me as it was six months ago. Did we tell you that our species uh, eat the male after <laughs> after copulation? Did we mention it? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's man. why I'm here. That's yeah. actually the main reason I've signed up to this. I've got to punch a ghost. I'm kind of already late, so <laughs> yeah. you could just get this over and done with. <laughs> uh, okay, so the second part to this is a different person under the same thread. Mm-hmm. The question they're asking is, will aliens find humans attractive or ugly? So in the future, when we do make contact with aliens out there in space, mm-hmm. optimistically, I believe we are not alone. Otherwise, that would be more frightening. Ooh, welcome to reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's all random. <laughs> it is all random. There is nothing out there. Will they find us attractive or ugly based on our looks? Will we face discrimination if they consider us ugly? I think if they're more advanced, maybe they've gone beyond the superficial, like, you know, if they respect, well, then again, think about humans as a species and what we've done to this planet and how we treat each other. Maybe they would go, they're ugly on the inside and the outside. Yeah. I mean, Jane's addiction had it half right when they said we'd make great pets, but I don't actually think that we would make great pets because look at us. We are terribly behaved. We'd be rubbing our bum on the equivalent of Earth's carpet the entire time. (laughs) They're not going to invite us to the Galactic Conference anytime soon. Now, as I've stated earlier, podcast Mike selects the clips um, to be played uh, on YouTube, the, the, the video clips that go up on YouTube, which you can check out now if you go to YouTube, Tofop TV, or if you want to see the full episodes, you can sign up to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Tofop. Um, uh, but podcast Mike, we trust him 
to not make a mockery of us, to pick the best clips, ones where people are laughing with us, not at us. I'm not sure this qualifies. Uh, This is a story I told about the night I was cucked by a famous musician in Byron Bay. I mean, I think I come come out the moral victor in this story, but, you know, it's still pretty humiliating. So here it is, the night I was cucked by a famous musician. I don't know if I've told this story before, but I had this, I remember years ago, Jeremy and I were visiting friends in Byron and everyone was sort of all, uh, is it a titter or a twitter when everyone's, oh, everyone's all talking? Is it a twitter or a titter? Um, a twitter. Everyone was all, all a twitter. Everyone was all a titter. Everyone was talking <laughs> about this dude who was like a local boy made good. He was some Byron musician. He'd gone to the States. He'd got a record deal. He was now writing songs for big artists and stuff. And so he was now back in town. And all the girls were hanging out with were like, oh, you know, so-and-so's back in town, so-and-so's back in town. And they were just like talking him up, talking him up. And so he arrived at this party and he was like every bit that kind of Byron hipster, you know, he turns up in jeans and an unbuttoned denim shirt barefoot with like a felt cap with a feather in it, big beard. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And again, that like thing in me is like, oh man, I'm not cool enough to talk to this guy. Like yeah. we're not going to get along because yeah. he's really cool and I look like an undercover cop. Um, and all the girls were just like falling over themselves, like, cause you know, he was you know, making hits in LA and you know, blah, blah, blah. And so we start talking and straight away we're not getting on. Like he does not like the cut of my jib. And I think he's a bit of a pretentious twat. Like it's just, you know, he thinks you could not find. He's, he senses an arc and he's, he's probably carrying. <laughs> yeah. He's like real sus on you. He's probably got like eight grams under his big felt hat. Well, I was hanging out with like probably eight girls. It was eight girls and me. So me and Jam and like seven of our friends. And then he turns up and it's like, oh, there's another rooster in the hen house. And he didn't like that. He's yeah, probably there was used a lot to, of hens. Yeah, a lot of hens. And so, and but he the wanted rooster to- was already spoken for by one of the hens. <laughs> yeah, didn't matter. He didn't, he, he wanted to make sure that this rooster Still was going to be- eight hens, man. Like that's one you <laughs> and eight hens. That is more hens than you can but handle. But if you are a you super- can you can't handle the truth. <laughs> it was too hot to handle. Uh, he he was, a, but I think he was a super alpha. Like he was a super alpha rooster yeah. and it wasn't enough for him to have all the attention. He had to make sure that the other rooster was mm-hmm. um, completely subjugated. It was a cock me. and a cuck, you're saying. Yes, he, he needed to cuck me big time. Yeah. So it was just like little comments throughout the day just little things to undermine because I, as you know, will have a fairly self-deprecating wit. Mm. And so in the right company, that's, you know, taken well and everyone laughs in the wrong hands. They take that self-deprecation and they reinforce it. They'll double right. down on the thing that you just said. That's bad that's about a, yourself. It's bad manners. Like that yeah. is don't you reckon? a bad joke. Like, don't you yeah. understand social mores? Like if someone is being self-deprecating, that's not an open invitation to jump on in. No, but it's a good way to cuck a to cuck another rooster in the <laughs> I hand guess That's true. Yeah, that's true. You've so just anyway, been, you've just basically waddled up to him and revealed your insecurities <laughs> and said, "There you go. What, yeah. what can you do?" For with free that? peck. <laughs> like if it was a cockfight, I've just given him the rays that are strapped to his claw. But just literally, like didn't protect. Like, you didn't even make him go to the effort of working out what your soft spots were. You just <laughs> sidled up and presented them. Hey, have you seen my tiny hands? Look at this. I've got small ears. Sometimes I talk too much. I get nervous. 
so he sizes me up, and so there's a few comments, and it gets to the point where I think we, I think we went to a bar, came back to this house, and I was by the end of it, I'm like, all right, I'm fucking, I'm not enjoying this. So he was like, you know, charming all the girls with these stories of celebrities, you know, is in LA in one room, and so I go into the other room, and in the other room, um, there were these baby, uh, <laughs> literally, uh, chicks, like uh, baby baby chickens, were uh, in one of the rooms under a sun lamp. You know how they, you know, how yeah. they uh, catch, yeah. Them. Yeah. catch them, yeah. And so I'm sitting there, like, looking at these hens, and so I start getting curious about, like, oh, how do you, like, you know, how do you hatch a, a, a chick, and then what's the point for me? So I start reading on my iphone like the whole thing about because i'm a fucking nerd (laughs) but also you have been well and truly cucked this is what we're seeing is a man who went in these chickens could be my friends i'm gonna learn about them (laughs) so i was so all the girls including my wife my future wife are in there like chatting to this dude and i'm with the chicks literally being cucked being cucked with some cuck cucks you're you're literally like we're both got a posse of chicks man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, whatever. Who hasn't got heaps of chicks around him? Now, I can't remember what the factoid was mm. that I found out, but it was some bit of trivia about chickens or chicks that mm. the equivalent of, like, you know, pigs can't look up or, or, or something like that. So I sort of have sort of tuned out to the conversation in the next room. But what I have heard, and I didn't really sh- pick up on this, is he had started playing the piano. Oh Obviously, one of the girls has been like, oh, this play is- us one of your new songs. They're like, well, you know. Since you asked nicely, here's something I've been working. This I I wrote this when I was hanging out with Chris and Gwyneth, and you know something, some fucking Maybe. shit like that, right? Or he's fucking. You've been in the other room for who knows how long because you've blacked out, <laughs> like trying to learn about the cycle of chickens, and then he has just gone. Well, this is my opportunity now. Does anyone have a piano? Oh, definitely. That's what he was like. He was he was taking the, he was taking it up a notch yeah. to find out which of the hens he was going to be going home with mm-hmm. that night. Maybe multiple hens. Who knows? Yeah. So he's playing the piano, and I am so oblivious to that, and so like enamored with this fact mm-hmm. I've just found oh, about no. chickens <laughs> that I just go walking right into the room, loudly reading from my phone. Did you know that like the average than of a chicken? And like, stop, because he stops playing the piano. I look up and he's staring like daggers at me, mid-ballad, like seven girls on the floor, like, oh, you know, looking up at him like dreamily. Oh my God. And he just stares at me and I'm like, sorry, bad time. I'll, I'll wait till you finish this song. I'll come back. Oh so I go back and I'm like, oh God. And then. That finishes up, and then one of the girls is like, "Oh, there's a there's a beach party happening down at Cozy Corner. Um, if you guys want to go," and so everyone's Not like, you, "Yeah, Charlie. yeah, we'll- no, Charlie's." <laughs> so we go, "Oh, well, how are we going to get down there? There's seven of us," and he's going, "Well, I've got my Ute because of course he drives a fucking Ute." No, and he's like, "So you know, I can take like three girls in the front." Um, oh, it was a no, sorry, it was a twin cab yeah. Ute, so he could take pretty much all the girls in the front, yeah. and I had to get in the tray. <laughs> We drove to the beach party with me in the train, just like bumping over all the fucking speed bumps. My dog is called Charlie. This is how well I'm doing. Do you see that dude? He's doing pretty well in LA. His dog is a human pretending to be a dog. But then the weird thing was, and I'll never forget this, we got to the party. Well, it's not the weird thing, but it's something that I've I've ruminated over and I haven't quite got to what the insult was. Because we get to the party 
open the door, all the girls spill out. They start going down the beach path to the dance party. And so it's just me and him closing up the tray. And he says to me, did you grow up in the city? And I said, yeah. Mm. And he's like, hmm. Mm. Yeah, I could tell. Mm. And then walked off. Mm. And I was like, I'm a city boy? Is that like, is that not acceptable to be? I mean, aren't there cool people from the city? He's just been living in fucking LA. That's a giant metropolis. Yeah, I mean, it's a city. There is no, (laughs) you're screaming now into an empty void because he's gone. But you finally thought of a comeback. You're like, hang on. It's been 10 years. (laughs) You know, uh, for a large part of this year, I was living in like a hotel accommodation in the Gold Coast. Uh, You know, Gemma and I found ourselves uh, without a state to belong to, just uh, living out of a suitcase. And um, one hotel I was staying in was um, had a particularly strange, like it was very windy. It was quite a tall, it was like a, not a skyscraper, but like a tall apartment building. And uh, the night we recorded, there was a mysterious clanging coming from outside my eighth floor window, which we speculated might be someone coming to kill me. Uh, and that's all you need to know as you listen to this clip. Charlie might be, no, sorry. <laughs> what if Charlie was murdered live on the podcast? Are you Can all right? You that? You're Can looking you that? over your shoulder. For people who are listening in, Charlie, as we were about <laughs> or to watching, start the podcast. Or watching. Or if you're watching, if this is the clip that we've clipped out as the best <laughs> bit of this show, which is sad, <laughs> like these opening remarks with you looking over your shoulder. You, you can't hear that. Panic. Like, there's a clanking sound. It's like it's like the start of a horror film. There yeah, is like a, Slender a, Man or something. There is a no, there is a cl- I'm on like the eighth floor of an apartment and mm-hmm. it sounds like there is someone <laughs> clanging a metal bar outside my bathroom window which is impossible because there is no balcony there. The window's not open so it couldn't be the wind blowing it it stopped now. But did you not hear that? It's even more spooky when it stops because then you're like what what is that motherfucker <laughs> up to? House? He's sneaking sneaking up on me now. He knows that I'm onto him. I knew where he was when he was clanging. Yeah, I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about what's going on. If I, all right, well, if if like we're doing the, we we go ahead, we do the pod as per normal, and you know we're doing this obviously via webcam. Yeah. And you see a shadow. Oh my god! Can you <laughs> all across the the curtain like, behind me. If I and see. Then- <laughs> okay. All right. So <laughs> behind you, because I can see your shadow behind you at the moment on the wall. Yeah. If coming towards your shadow. Was the shadow of like another like like a hulking, figure. a hulking yeah. figure with what looks like a machete in there? <laughs> yeah, like a machete, or like I'm imagining something like I guess this is like what we did last summer, but I'm imagining some sort of nautical theme, like a dude with a hook right. as a hand in a yeah. raincoat. You know what I mean? Like he's been like yeah. climbing up the side of the building using his hook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you've been I'm- hearing. You're right, though. We can't do. I know what you did last time. We need. To, this is a new franchise. We need to launch a fresh, a fresh villain. So, what would it be like? So, nautical thing, an anchor, like a little anchor. Like maybe it was a dude who got like you know unjustly killed in his dinghy, and he had like the, you know the little anchors they have. They uh-huh. wrapped it around his throat and threw him overboard. And so now he uses that anchor in a chain, and he'll either he'll either throttle you or he'll put the the blade of the anchor through your skull. Okay, so Anchorman, <laughs> we can't call it that. 
<laughs> we'd probably have a big opening weekend. We're just yeah. like, I don't know what you're talking about. There is clearly a gap between Anchor and Man in our title. It is a completely different movie. <laughs> I've got another movie. It's a serious drama about a guy who studies spiders. We call it Spider Man. Spider Gap. Man, it is a different movie. And then you won't believe this idea I've got about this bat gap man. Uh, so you've seen the new... Uh, oh, hang on. The Before Batman. we move on to that, no, I want to explore the idea that you... Oh, okay, well, we're still going podcast. with Anchorman. You reckon so, yeah, there's more so, gold in them hills? Well, because I feel like this is like a Blumhouse. Like we okay. could pitch this the Blumhouse. It would have been a perfect pandemic project. Like two podcasters, it's zeitgeisty, right? Like, you know, this is the... You know, there's a whole bunch of, like, I think in the last Halloween film, maybe there was like a podcaster doing a true, true crime. It start, yeah, it starts off with a true crime podcast. Look, the, the first thing I'd say is the webcam horror movie thing has been done a couple of times. I think that one of the last paranormal activities was all like webcam. There's a really good horror film called Unfriended, which is a bunch of teenagers having like a group chat on Zoom and creepy things are happening in the background and they're getting kidnapped and stuff so we're already too late <laughs> for that you know so well this is what find- this is a different twist the okay. twist of this is yeah anchor man comes in yeah. and he like sneaks up behind you now yeah. in that moment do you want me to warn you yeah well the, my question the original question was going to be do you keep podcasting <laughs> like because on one hand you know, you could maybe save my other, my save my life. On the other hand, this is great content. We've started videoing stuff now. Like, imagine this would get the Tofop YouTube channel like ten million hits if you had footage of the moment I was killed by the Anchorman. Oh, you know what? Actually, you're absolutely right. It'd be the. I'm going to view- die anyway. It's right. very little unlikely that you saying, "Look out, turn around," that I'm going to survive. So just keep your mouth shut and let the clicks roll on. That's what I say. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go a step further. If that many okay. people are going to be tuning in to watch you get murdered, I'm going to roll out some of my best unrecorded stand-up over the top. So basically, you know, well, it's like me putting out a special, right? Take sure. that, Dave Chappelle. My sp- <laughs> <laughs> people tune in and you're being bashed with an anchor. And I'm like, so anyway, a funny thing happened on the way to Wagga Wagga. <laughs> What's up with aeroplanes? Why don't make they make the whole thing out of the black box? Charlie would be alive if he just had a helmet made out of the black box from an aeroplane. Aeroplane <laughs> food right, so is terrible. You know what else is terrible? Being murdered. So what if? All right. So what if it's a? I fight him off for a bit. So yeah, great. Like you, well, that's you better. See me st- stumbling. I get about, further through know. my show. Yeah. <laughs> you want a tight five out of this, Charlie? Say, keep your jukes up. I'm almost at the punchline. Charlie, fight. <laughs> I haven't even got on the plane yet. Fight. Well, we're almost done with the clip show. Thanks for sticking with us. And remember, if you've liked the sound of these bits, you can go watch the bits on YouTube. Um, We're going to put them up every week. Three or four clips go up each week. And of course, full episodes on our Patreon. Uh, But this last bit of content, I don't want to say it sums up the show, but it's probably... It's proven to be most one of our most popular bits. And I, say, I think that says more about you guys. Uh, but you know what? I'm not going to be one of those, you know, uh, comedians or, or artists who hates their fans for liking their dumb jokes. Let's all laugh at this together. 
Do crabs have penises? So this is from The Sun in the UK. Uh, Here is the uh, headline. Hermit crabs evolved huge penises (laughs) (laughs) so they can have sex without leaving home. What? So... Scientists measured the penis-to-body ratio of more than 300 crabs. <laughs> Can you imagine getting your science degree? I've been down the lab with a pen and a crab. <laughs> Trying to get this damn penis up? <laughs> so, hermit crabs have... <laughs> If anyone out there likes Dr. Dre, you're going to love that. (laughs) Hermit crabs have found a way to have sex without leaving the house by evolving super long willies. Um, The plucky ocean critters boast penises that measure more than half the length of their bodies, giving their nether regions an impressive reach. Hermit crabs have sex. Here we go. Yeah. By lining up the openings of their shells. So you've got to find an opening in your shell, line it up with the opening of your partner's shell. The male then does his business into the opening of his partner's home. So he basically basically comes by and just, yeah, wanks through the window. (laughs) Romantic. To manage this, the male has to shift out of his shell. Oh. Oh, okay. So he gets out of his shell. Baby, take off your shell real slow. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting hot in here, so take off all your <laughs> shell. So, okay, this is how horny the male has to be because he leaves his house open to other crabs who may try and nick it. So basically when you leave your house to go and have sex, somebody might come in and sneak in and take your house. <laughs> um, some crabs have gotten around this problem by evolving massive willies that allowed them to have sex while still in their shell, a study found. But doesn't like evolution take like hundreds of thousands of years? Like it just seems like a it's an oddly specific thing. Well, you know what? That's not true. Because I guess breeding or reproduction is like the primary directive of any species. So Right. But rather than like, hey, why don't we come up with a more malleable shell or a shell with a bigger opening? It's like, nah, massive dicks. <laughs> Crap, men are in charge, clearly, of <laughs> yeah. evolution. Uh, crabs carrying more valuable shells yep. are more likely to grow massive dicks to protect their property from being stolen. What the hell is going on in the crab world? What do you mean more valuable shells, as in less damaged or something? Well, yeah, and nicer. Oh, hang on. Hermit crabs are the ones that scuttle across the floor and they'll find a shell and they'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Right. So, hang on. So, if you're a a hermit crab, uh, like, you know, you started out, you started at the bottom, now you're here. So, you've just, you got, you got no, your crib's not that flash. And then you find yourself like a massive shell, like a dead, I don't know, clam or something like that. And you get this big pimping shell. Suddenly, the value of your shell has gone up. Does that mean your penis yeah. will suddenly grow uh, in relation to how valuable your new shell is? I mean, it is an incentive to get a better, better house. Yeah, right. 
you were really going up in the world. I saw you in that massive shell and also saw your massive new cock. Well, the thing is, well, you hear about these stories and you find out that these crabs, it's always the same story. Their parents their parents have kicked in a bit of money. Yep. They've lived at home till they were 30. They lived in their parents' lived shell, in their their parents shell until they were 30. <laughs> and then they tell the other crabs not to eat avocado on toast. It's ridiculous. <laughs> And that's it. Thank you uh, for listening to this clip show. We'll be back as soon as possible. Uh, in the meantime, go to our YouTube channel, like, subscribe, get those numbers up. And if you want to sign up to our Patreon, you can do that for as little as a dollar a day. And you can win prizes if you sign up to the top tier. Or if you send us a message and supply your address, you can win a fridge magnet. This has been a fairly ham-fisted attempt at a kind of advertorial. But I thank you for sticking with us or sticking with me because... I'm Charlie Clawson.